Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who is Papa Hornacek? What's something people don't know about him? And am I truly his favorite child? We'll answer all of those questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers and father figures out there. You guys give us so much, and now it is our day to celebrate you. This episode is extra special because I am joined by a man who I am blessed enough to call dad. Some may know him as Jeff Hornacek, and after this podcast, hopefully you all know him well enough to call him Papa H. Dad, what is going on? Thanks for coming on my podcast. Well, I'm honored to be on it. I love listening to him, so I'm glad to be on it for once. Ah, uh, you have to say that because you're my dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It's I'm- the truth. Oh, well, thank you. You know, this is so fun because um, this podcast I've learned so much on. And obviously, you're my father, so I know a lot about you, but I don't know if my listeners know everything about you. So we're going to shed some light on some of the things that make you so wonderful. So I want to just go back. One Wait of my- a I got to stop you right yeah. there because wonderful is probably not the, the best description, but. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. But thanks. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is. Nice. Um, you know, you are, you're a wonderful father. Anyone who comes up to me and and says, Oh, you know, I watched your dad play or this or that. I always say, well, I mean, yeah, that's cool. But he's an even better dad than he is, um, than his career. It's, it it truly is a blessing. And and I I love listening to your stories from when you were young. Uh, I learned that you were a paper boy. You pedaled around on a bike and you threw papers to your neighbors. Um, can you just talk to me about, that job that you had, and did anything crazy happen on your paper route? Well, um, you know, growing up in, uh, I grew up in North Riverside, which is a suburb of Chicago, and up until eighth grade. And, you know, we just hung around with the kids down the street, and uh, it's the Powers family, and they had a paper route. And so I would always help them. And uh, one of the first times that I was uh, doing it, you know, I was a baseball player at that time, so I could throw the papers pretty well. And we would just ride up and down the sidewalks and basically almost throw like a hook shot with the paper all rolled up. And uh, I accidentally on one of the houses, uh, the house had a bunch of little plants and little pots that were on their stairs. And I, you know, this is a pretty good toss, but uh, I hit one of the pots and and knocked it over and it broke. And uh, the funny part about that was that was my fourth grade teacher. No, (laughs) it was her house. So you're kidding. uh, was yeah, she so, mad? Uh, no, no. She uh, um, she understood, and and uh, I don't know if it ever affected my grades or not, but <laughs> no, it wasn't that big a deal. Did she say, Jeff, you need to hit the gym and work on that that shot? Because so, I... I don't I don't think she said anything, but I think from a, for a while there, then I, I kind of walked up the sidewalk a little closer and <laughs> made sure that I got it up in the middle. Did you have to apologize to her? 
Of course. I broke her pot. <laughs> you didn't try to glue it back together or anything for uh, her? No. It was just a little pot. So, uh. <laughs> so you're telling me that throwing a baseball is different than throwing a newspaper? Uh, yes. A little <laughs> bit. That is a funny story. I, I always wondered about that because it's jobs like those. I mean, if you're even like a mailman or you deliver anything to people's houses, I'm sure you see all sorts of things. So the fact that you were a paper boy, I'm sure that a few things happened. But it's a fun way to connect to your community, too, and, well, and to know where your teachers live. <laughs> yeah, and they well, I didn't know the teacher lived there, but that, I did then. But uh, uh, I think when you said com- connecting to the community, that was great because, you know, Again, you have to collect at the end of the month for the uh, the fees. That's how you know they did it back in the day, and and you got to know the neighbors. And um, you know, we had one story of uh, uh, an older guy who was actually in a wheelchair and and didn't have any legs, and uh, he would invite us in and say, hey, you know, give us candy and just kind of hang out. He was kind of lonely, I think, and. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the three of us who were doing the paper route would hang out there for 10 minutes and seem to make make his day. And it actually helped us to understand a little bit more as young kids of what people sometimes have to go through and, you know, just being kind and and, uh, you know, making their day a little bit was was good for us, too. That's so nice. You were delivering papers and smiles. And happiness. We, we got candy, too. So. And then you got candy out of it. How much were you paid for that, by the way? For the paper route? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I can't remember. It wasn't very much. It was, I don't know. It was, I, I want to say I remember it was like $6 a month or something like that. A month? Wow. No wonder you took free candy. That was, that was a long time ago, Abby. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Inflation hadn't hit like it has now. <laughs> you could... 50, 50 years ago. 50 right. Years ago. Eggs were still not $10 a carton. No, no. <laughs> Uh, you had mentioned that you were playing baseball at the time, and I don't know how many people know this. You know, some people know you as a pretty good basketball player, but you're also in the Baseball Hall of Fame. What puts you in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Oh, when I was nine years old, uh, they used to have these contests. They, they probably still have them nowadays, and I think the most famous one was pass, punt, and kick, which was a football one. Uh, they had one for basketball, they had one for baseball and, and, uh, my mom and dad would take me to all of those. And, um, the, the baseball one was actually called pitch, hit and throw. And you, you pitched strikes, you had five pitches to, you know, throw into this cylinder. Uh, there was a throw that we threw from, I don't know how far a hundred feet away. And we had how close you got to the base. And then there was a hitting where you just threw it up and hit it. And, uh, I end, ended up going through different local, then district, then state. And uh, I ended up getting to the national one where we did it in front of the um, 1972 All-Star Game. We did it there, uh, the final the final uh, uh, competition, and I ended up winning it. And so the winners got a plaque put in the uh, uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. So Wow. Uh, that was pretty cool. So you had to win all three categories? Well, it was a total of points. There was some way they gave the points and, you know, uh, uh, I advanced to the finals to the, there's only two in the finals at the all-star game, uh, mainly probably because I think I made four of the five and uh, I actually hit the base in the, the state competition, which gives you the most points. So. Uh, did you pretend well, like the base was your teacher's pot so that you would make sure you hit it? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah. <laughs> 
All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we talked about the fact that you were a paper boy. You are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. What's a job a lot of people don't know you had? Well, you know, I'm the, the typical, you know, paper routes. I was a bus boy once. But the one that probably people probably didn't know is when I graduated high school, even though I, was, uh, um, I wasn't really recruited. So I was decided to go to Cornell in the beginning, and I was going to go the second semester. So the first semester – I worked at the Sweetheart Cup Company in Chicago. My dad, one of his old students, uh, um, was able to get me a job there. And I'd wake up and 6 a.m. I was putting these big rolls of paper onto the machines. Um, actually, I didn't put it on the machine. I rolled it over to the guy and he put it on the machine. Uh, and they made like McDonald's cups and all the different type of cups. So that was my job for the first uh uh, six months until I went to college. I'm looking at all of the cups Sweetheart makes, and these are all iconic cups. It's the what was the one from way back when when it's like it's the teal and the purple. Oh, they had all kind of different uh, um, different cups that they made. They made it for different companies, and I can't remember all. I think there was a McDonald's at that time. Uh, you know, the Burger Kings, that kind of stuff. Uh, it was a big factory. So, so you um, loaded the paper onto the machine. Well, these big rolls, and they were probably four to five feet high, and you just rolled them over to the machine. Then the the machinist guys, you know, they would they would load it on there and start them. But we had to get them from the bins and roll them over to. You had some obsession yeah. with paper, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, then later on, you know that. But my major was accounting, so there's a lot of paperwork. There you go. A lot of paperwork and, you know, money's made of paper. So (laughs) there you go. Um, So you kind of you kind of touched on it that you were supposed to go to Cornell and then you ended up going to Iowa State. You were a walk on. It's a bit of a winding story. But how did you get then to your professional job, which ended up being you playing in the NBA? Well, you know, I was lucky enough to have a chance at Iowa State to, to uh, you know, walk on and, and play. And, you know, I, Johnny Orr was my coach. And, you know, senior year, they said, well, you know, the scouts are asking for tapes, blah, 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 uh, and was drafted. But even at that point, I was a late second-round pick. And, you know, back then, mostly first-round picks were about all that made it. Uh, we only had 12 guys on a team back then. So it was a very – a lot smaller league. Um, and so, you know, I never anticipated making it and, you know, I did have an accounting uh, degree and I interviewed with a couple of jobs in Des Moines at the big, uh, their big eight firms back then. And, uh, they offered jobs. I said, um, you know, I'm supposed to get drafted by the NBA. So, uh, <laughs> if I take a chance and go, go try out and then I don't make it, will I still be able to get the job? So, and what uh, they say, say they said, yes. Uh, so, you know, luckily for me, uh, I made it and, uh, the accounting, the accounting degree came in 
you know, it comes in handy when you do your own, your, uh, some of your own stuff. Right. And it comes in handy when you have kids and you're trying to teach them math problems when they're growing up. You're very good at well, that. Yeah. Well, I tried to do it, but I probably never explained it well enough. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know how to be a teacher necessarily. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you did a good job. You were the math guy and mom was the English gal. You guys balance everything else. That's the only thing I contributed. <laughs> well, you guys balance each other out very well. And uh, we kind of we talked about the, the sweetheart cup factory, but talking about sweethearts, everyone loves a college sweetheart story. So how did you and mom meet? Because you met in college. We did. Uh, um, the athletes, uh, uh, you know, we ate dinner at a different set of dorms. And so after practice, we'd go to the set of dorms and and eat before we went back to ours and um one of the guys on the team was getting new new mom new stacy and uh they introduced us right at the bottom of the stairs going in to eat and uh we talked and then she, you know i asked her out on a date after that and she kind of blew me off because she had other <laughs> other things going on hold on hold on <laughs> i know this story and i am going to correct you right there she didn't blow you off you showed up right that night you said, so were you going out with me or what? <laughs> that oh, night yeah, she had kinda, plans. It was kind of short. It was kind of short notice, but, uh, uh, yeah, so she was busy and, and, uh, but then we, we had went out, uh, after that and the rest is history. So when did she finally say yes? What did it take? Did you show up to her dorm room again? Uh, yes, I, yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> what were you wearing? Well, that, I didn't show up the first time. The, I, the second time I did, I was just sitting in the hallway waiting outside her door. And I said, is this enough notice? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> and what, what were you wearing, dad? Uh, probably red sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah. Red sweatpants. Who owns red yeah. sweatpants? Well, they were Iowa state colors. And- mm. So, you know, kind of fit right in. Right. And word on the street is mom didn't even know that you played on the basketball team. You just didn't think to tell her that or it never came up? No, I didn't, you know, what I'm, you know, never been that way even to today trying to say, oh, I'm a basketball player or whatever. You know, if someone right. asks, yes, I'll tell them. But um, she didn't ask and, and we just went and had dates. And then one time I was late for many two, three hours. And she thought I stood her up and I happened to be at a, um, a speaking engagement for, and one of the, we used to go around to the small towns and talk with the coaches and, and, uh, you know, sign autographs and that kind of stuff. And that's when she found out. She goes, oh, I didn't even know. Oh, see, that's sweet. Something I always love about you is that you're so humble and you go in our garage and I'll just be walking, looking for, I don't know. I was going to say a hammer, but when do I ever use a hammer? But you're, you're like, you go through the garage and you're just like walking around. And then in the corner is just one of your three point trophies. I mean, it's, it's cool that you just don't really, I mean, those things never, the trophies didn't mean to you, maybe what it means to other people. You just loved the game and you loved, you know, what you did. You didn't need to show other people. Yeah, I mean, I think we just tried to um, just because you make it in the NBA or become a professional at anything that, you know, we're still like normal Midwest people and we've lived our lives. and We've tried to put that and, you know, great credit to mom that she has led that charge with you kids of just being humble and being, you know, basic Midwest people. It doesn't matter that uh, I happen to play basketball or, or whatever that, uh uh, those values still go throughout us. And, uh, uh, you know, I think she's done a, a fantastic job because you guys are the same way. 
Oh, well, yeah, mom's the best. So are you. And I I don't know. I think it's even cooler that you worked at the Sweetheart Cup Factory loading five-foot rolls of paper onto a machine. I mean, that's 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 hard work. It is. Uh, well, I, uh, I also think about this story a lot when you talk about humility and just being, you know, being a dad as much as you were a basketball, even more than you being a basketball player. You, you would come home from games, and whether you won, whether you lost, you were dad when you got home. You left all of that on the court, and you were so present with us. And a story I go back to is one that mom told us about you cleaning the garage at 2 in the morning when you – was it 2 in the morning? You were in the middle of the night, and you were cleaning the garage when you had just gotten home from a playoff game. What happened there? Uh, well, you know, it's, it wasn't that late, but, um, I, I was a late night person and it wasn't just after games. I was always up at like midnight and stuff. So, um, you know, when we we're home, I was trying to spend time with you guys. And then if I was going to work out or take a jog and, or, uh, lift weights or anything, I did that all like late at night. And that day I was, uh, cleaning out the garage, trying to straighten some stuff out. And, you know, you guys had a lot of toys and bikes and stuff that were stacked right where I had the extension ladder hung up on the, at the, on the wall. Excuse us for putting our bikes away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm climbing through things to get the ladder down. I don't even know why I was getting it down and I pulled it out and then I tripped on something. I don't know if it was a wheel or something. And I started to fall backwards and I saw this ladder because I had it above my head. And it hit me right on top of the head and I can almost feel myself like I was going to pass out. And I think I yelled out to mom and um, she ended up, yeah, so we ended up having to go to the hospital and I can't remember if I, maybe I got a couple stitches, but it you was went right to the, the hospital. It was probably right. At, it was right during the NBA finals game. So were you still able to play? Yeah, it's just a couple of stitches and a hit on the head. We didn't have concussion protocol back then. So. They're like, get, get, we'll tape it up for you. Just get on the court. We'll figure it out That's later. Right. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, Ma, I, I also heard that you used to, your contacts sometimes would pop out of your eyes when you were playing and just pick them up and just pop them back in your eyes. It was yeah, a different time back then. It was different, but, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of letters from optometrists saying, what are you doing? You've got to wash them off. And, but. No kidding. No kidding. That happened during the NBA finals. And it's funny because even when I go home and visit you guys, my room backs up to the garage and you say that you're a late night person and I'll hear music going all the way into the night and you're cleaning the garage. Uh, it's, it's really, it's nice. It's nice to have a clean garage. keeps me busy totally totally something else that keeps you busy is your love for popcorn every time i'm home you make popcorn every day so what's the key to the perfect batch of popcorn well first of all abby you probably don't even know this but i just told mom we went to the movie theater again the other day and i had a big bowl of popcorn and i'm starting to not feel like I want popcorn anymore. No way. It's because you overdosed on popcorn. popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, there's, there's no real secret, just lots of butter, lots of butter and, uh, uh, salt, which is, you know, both those things aren't great for you. So uh, (laughs) it does taste good though. It does taste good. (laughs) That's, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I've, every time I smell popcorn, I'm like, dad, is that you? (laughs) Where's dad? 
Yeah. It's me. I have to ask you because you brought this up earlier when you were talking about mom and just being humble and I've you know, we have I have two older brothers for people who don't know. So, you know, you have two sons and me. And I feel like we've learned a lot from you guys. And you mentioned the Midwest values and, and things like that. What's one of the biggest life lessons that you've learned throughout your life that you can impart on the getting schooled listeners? Ooh, well, you know, I think just the you know, the biggest things in life are, you know, First of all, things go fast. All of a sudden, your kids are look like they're two and four years old, and all of a sudden, they're out and about working on Fox and <laughs> doing all kind of great things. And uh, you know, they're mid thirties. So the oldest son is almost uh, mid thirties. So um, you know, it's you have to enjoy it. You know, I think always from day one, from my parents, everything else, and. Throughout life, Stacy has has always told me, you know, just always just be kind, friendly, and have faith. Those are the three biggest things. If you're kind to people, uh, you know, you never know what they're. You probably have heard this lesson from mom many times. You never know what the other person is going through, and you know, especially in uh, professional athlete, the sign autographs. It was to me, it wasn't a big deal. It's like probably confusing to me go why would they want my signature <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense but um you know to them it was a big deal and so i would always try to sign all you know the autographs try to stay as long as i could for uh, uh you know try to get as many as signed as i could and you know just uh, uh be that be friendly we still to the, this day walk by people and hold the door open <laughs> i'll tell you the one story in new york i was going into the I was out there and uh, I was going into one of the Barnes and Nobles and I held this door, held the door open for a lady. And again, no big deal. That's what every guy should do. And she, she yelled out into the bookstore. Finally, a guy who <laughs> pulled the door open for, for you. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's true. People, I, I noticed that in New York too. Uh, you know, you get out of the car and if you take an Uber to the airport, I mean, God forbid someone helps you get your luggage out of the back. It's crazy. But that's good yeah. that you preserve those values because chivalry is not dead. Yeah. And just having faith in, in God, um, you know, this is a, a short life and obviously the, you know, you try to do the best you can and everybody make, makes mistakes. You're making it sound like I'm this great dad, but I had plenty of screw ups as I went along and didn't do things ever, you know, totally right. But, uh, um, you know, you try your best and, and believe that what you're doing is, uh, you know, what God would want you to do. Dad, I don't think you've made any mistakes parenting, but there is one thing that always surprises people when I tell them, and it's that I've never had a PB&J sandwich. And I learned a couple years ago that neither have you. Yeah, um, <laughs> not that I can remember. And I, I, I like peanut butter and I like jelly, but for some reason, <laughs> I've never had a peanut butter that and jelly sandwich. That is crazy. Well, I think growing up, you know, being in Chicago, a lot of times, you know, we had quite a quite a bit of, of pizza and we always had leftovers and I preferred that nice cold leftover pizza <laughs> compared to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. All right. So. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't know why I've never had one. Jelly freaks me out. I don't think it should be a food. I think that there should just grapes should exist. Wine should exist, but you can make, you can turn grapes into wine, but don't turn grapes into jelly. 
I guess you could do like strawberry jelly and stuff too, but yeah, that that's gross. No, I don't know. <laughs> we'll try one one of these days. There we go. We'll try one together. How's that? Okay. You know, the, the not so ironic thing about what you said with th- the biggest life lessons that you have is if you do have faith, you're typically kind and friendly. So, you know, those all definitely go hand in hand. You go. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot here, Dad. And I told you this was happening, and you were like, no, they tried to do this to me in my career and asked me these questions, and I didn't do it. But you know what, Dad? I'm pulling the daughter card. So Uh-oh. Uh-oh. we're, we're okay. going to do some rapid-fire questions, whether you like it or not. We'll try. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to ask you some questions. You're going to a- answer them as they come. And if you don't know the answer, then I don't know. I won't sit in the hot tub with you anymore. I'll just go ding. Go <laughs> perfect, perfect. Okay. Number one, who's your favorite child? Go, go, go. You are, Abby, yes! of course. <laughs> You're my favorite daughter. Oh, come on. I'm. We're just going to huh? cut the daughter part out and get you. I'm going to send that to Ryan and Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather lose at ping pong for the rest of your life to me, which you do anyway, so this, isn't, this shouldn't be that hard, or well, just one time have to eat a spoonful of mustard? Oh, I knew you'd probably bring that up. You hate mustard. I, I, I hate mustard. Actually, I'm starting to... Mom's starting to put it on uh, like pork chop, stuff like that. Actually, it's not horrible, but it was horrible uh-huh. when uh, we played our ping pong game. And, uh, you know, it was during the COVID and you played the the COVID uh, beer pong type game where if you hit the cup, you had, the other person had to do something they didn't like. Yep. I had to do that spoonful of mustard. <laughs> um, but... I'm also, I also hate to lose, you know, so I, I would say I probably would suck it up and do the mustard. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> it, that was hilarious. It's if you want to ever see someone do something funny, it's make my dad eat a spoonful of mustard. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I tried extra hard in that game because I wanted I wanted that to happen. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So if you could do uh, if you could use magic to do one mundane task for the rest of your life what would it be? What would that task be? Probably at this point, make the bed. Our routine in the morning is we get up, mom will go make coffee and I'll quick make the bed, but our mattress weighs about 2000 pounds. (laughs) Your bed is so hard to make. (laughs) We have nine pillows on the bed. So (laughs) maybe maybe making the bed would be a good one. That would be a great one. Cause then you could just roll out of bed and wave your hand and it's done for you for the rest of the day. Right. That's great. What's something from growing up that you wish was still around? You know, now that we're approaching, where I'm sitting here in Coronado, looking out at the at the flags and this uh, patriotic town that we're in here in Coronado, and uh, I think back of Fourth of July celebrations growing up, where they had the firemen would come out and they'd have a tug of war, and then they'd have a barrel up on a wire and they'd get out the fire hoses and they'd have, uh, you know, try to get the barrel to the other end. And um, I'm sure they probably do that somewhere in the country, but that was always a blast to watch. And so that's so that's- awesome. I didn't realize that. That's such a good way to celebrate Fourth of July too. watching that tug of war. We yeah, should bring that back. Yeah. Maybe we could go to the local fire department and convince them. <laughs> that's that's much of a deeper answer. I was thinking that my I think mine would be those little finger skateboards. What were they called? Tech decks. <laughs> I was thinking those, but your answer is much better than mine. Yeah. What's, I don't remember those. You don't? They they were those teeny <laughs> skateboards, and you would use two fingers to control oh, yeah. them. Yeah, I think yeah. they were called tech decks. 
So it's funny because we make fun of my oldest brother, Ryan, because he buys the most random things or he'll ask for like a space heater for his birthday. Ryan, I'm calling you out really hard right now. But it made me think, Dad, what do you think is the strangest purchase you've ever made? Strangest purchase? Very random question. Uh, I'm sure there's something I'm missing, but... I don't know how strange it is, but I bought a pinball machine once. Oh, yes. Uh, I was a I was a big pinball player growing up. We didn't have the video games that you have nowadays. So um, I think it was my, I don't know, third or fourth year in the NBA. I ended up buying this Superman pinball game, and it was an awesome, awesome game. That but, thing was awesome. We had it in our uh, garage. Yeah, that was probably the strangest thing that. Who buys a pinball machine? <laughs> that is that is strange. I never thought about it that way. But <laughs> that's we had this Superman pinball machine, and it was so much fun to play. Except to win the game, to get the most points, you would have to hit all of the targets of to spell out Superman. There were other things that you had to do to accomplish the game. But and I never forget, Dad. I think it was the P or maybe it was the S. One of the really hard ones to hit didn't always work if you hit it. So you'd go through all this effort, you would hit the letter, and then it wouldn't work, and you'd have to do it again. Do you remember that? Yeah, you probably didn't hit it right. Yes, I did. That thing was so annoying. That's why the, that pin, that particular pinball game was great, because there were so many different things to do and to try to accomplish and get bonus points and extra balls and all that. So Right, right. All right, so this next one, I've, I've – thought I might knew, know the answer, but now that I heard that you are starting to not like popcorn as much, I don't know if I know the answer, but if you could have a lifetime supply of anything, what would it be? doesn't have to be food related if you don't want it to be. It could be anything. Uh, lifetime supply. You know, since we have all you kids are in all different parts of the country, um, how about a lifetime supply of dinners with the kids and grandkids? Ah. I would go for that. We'd have to we'd have to get a we'd have to get a cook and someone to clean because <laughs> dinners every night would be messy and take a long time. But if we could have unlimited supplies, I think mom and and I would uh, that would be our that would be our favorite thing. Well, if you're paying, I'll be there. Okay. If you want to supply dinner for me for the rest of my life, I am game. All right. Well, you got to you know it's not supplying dinner for you. You have to come to our house. Or <laughs> of course, I'll be there. Perfect. Okay. I'm glad we. I am glad we had this chat. Now you got to get all the other, the kids the other kids. Yeah. I think I. I think I could sway them. All right. Good luck. <laughs> what is the oddest thing you wanted to be when you grew up? Oddest thing. I think growing up, you know, we were all into sports. That's all we did play every day. So obviously, we wanted to be pro athletes, but you never thought that that would happen. Um, and you also wanted to be like rock stars because the rock stars were the guys out there so mm. i'd love to have been a rock star and in fact i, I know i've seen him on uh, fox quite a bit ted nugent was the first concert i went to oh no that's way a, that's i've ever, ever went to um but everybody does that but the weirdest thing probably was an accountant you know that's <laughs> uh i was good at math and sophomore year we had a career day and uh, one of the person girls I knew, her dad was an accountant that was coming, and it was weird to think that you wanted to be an accountant. But <laughs> right. I felt like with my math abilities, that was probably the best thing for me. Yeah, I that 
I don't know anyone who's been like, I want to be an accountant. But obviously accountants, you know, they they do very a good job at their their job and um, it's we need accountants. So well, maybe, maybe I can get a job now because they're getting ready to hire eighty seven thousand IRS agents. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There you go. They're opening so many doors for you, Dad. You can finally live yeah. out your dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you mentioned the rock star thing. If you could be any rock star, who would that be? Oh boy, I don't know. Um, Minus the drugs. So many now the the thing is now I'm probably uh you and mom have turned me on to the country music. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I've been in the country for so long now that uh I like listening to the classic rock and roll, but you know, the country guys are, are probably the way way to go now. I'd wish I can't sing a lick though. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about either one of those. That's yeah, you don't have to worry about that. To be honest, Dad, I love you so much, but I can't picture you being a rock star. I can picture you being on a country stage, but not so much. I had I had, I had long hair when I was growing. Yeah, up. did you not own leather pants? That's so, no, I didn't have any leather pants. So. <laughs> That's what I picture when I think of a rock star. <laughs> you gotta have those leather pants. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. All right, last question I have for you, Dad. This has been so much fun, and it's great because there are so many things that I love about you, and it's been wonderful being able to share that with people who are listening as well. But if there's anything that you think people should know, this is putting you on the spot. What do you think that would be? If you could just impart one thing before you go. About me? Yeah, maybe about you or a, a message uh, that you have to people listening. Well, I don't know about messages. Uh, I think we talked about there just being kind and have faith and, you know, be a good person. And uh, but, uh, you know, I think what they people should know is, especially if you have children, since this is a Father's Day thing, is uh, how special, you know, kids are and all the memories that kids provide for you. And I just think back about you and you know, with all your sports and soccer and volleyball championships and, you know, coaching you in basketball against the boys, <laughs> uh, you know, our trip to Ireland when we had uh, uh, the people from London calling you Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> you just create so many great memories. And I'm looking out at the beach and I think back of, you know, making sandcastles and having you throw the football up the beach and throwing it 50 yards and having people just stop and watch what is this girl can fire this thing so um you know kids make such great memories for you and um you know i think that's the one thing that if you're if you're gonna have children be a great parent that was i love that dad that was a great way to wrap up the podcast. It's true. And you and mom have been such great parents to me and Ryan and Tyler. And you've been such great people to the others around you. And we've learned so much from you growing up as well. So I love that message. You're the best. Also, thanks for making me sound good there. <laughs> I need all no, the help I can get. Like I said, this whole show has been about, you know, you've done the same for me. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, you're going to make me cry. That was very sweet. Well, dad, you're the best. I can't wait to celebrate father's day with you. I love you. And thank you for coming on. I love you too. Abs. Thanks for having me. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours and I have one big takeaway 
about this episode, and it's that this day is really dedicated to everyone who has filled that role of a father. We owe so much to you. You've given us so much throughout our lives, and I, it was really fun having my dad on this podcast. Dad, when you listen back to this, I hope you listen to it. Thank you for coming on and being the best dad anyone could ask for. I feel like I have just been so blessed throughout my life to have you in my life, teaching me the value of hard work and dedication to family and faith and just treating everyone the same way and and knowing things about other people and making them feel good in their everyday lives. Uh, You're so humble and we owe so much to you. So I love you and happy Father's Day again to everyone. And thank you for listening to this episode of Getting Schooled. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.